Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Ellie. And we're the Queers for, for Fears, Fears podcast. podcast. The podcast that talks about weird, creepy, spooky stuff. Real and imagined. Yes. This episode, this shit is real. <laughs> I but mean, we're just talking about rats and mice. It's not that scary. <laughs> <laughs> this is our creepy critters. Um, and this is our rodent edition of creepy critters. With some birds thrown in. Some birds are thrown in. Um, I mean, a bird is basically a rat with wings. Don't. <laughs> Don't at me. Pigeon lovers don't at Abby. Uh, it's, um, but we're probably going to do one with like insects yeah. and things. Bugs. I hate ants. ants Every year I get ants out. in my sunroom and they make me so mad. They, they freak me out. And my cats do nothing. Anyway. <laughs> so we have some facts about rats. Rat facts. <laughs> Hashtag rat facts. Bring out your baseball bats. I'm rapping. It's fine. Abby was like, why she literally wrote in our notes we are so much bigger than they are i don't get it in terms of why people are afraid of rats and mice yeah i'm not really afraid of i mean okay here's the thing i'm not really afraid of them if there's one like running around in my house i'd be a little like upset upset about it but i wouldn't like sh- be like an elephant in a cartoon and like or like a housewife in a, a cartoon yeah, yeah you're up on a chair in your high heels and your apron going eek yeah i wouldn't do all that but i would be like oh god kill it so I looked into it and I was like, this is a good question. So I was looking into the history of fear of rats and mice. And I feel like it boils down to they are tough and they are gross. <laughs> so just <laughs> what I thought to begin with, suspicions confirmed. We've all dated people like that. <laughs> rats, rats can survive a five-story fall. No, they can't. They I mean, I don't want to throw a rat five stories and see if he can survive. I live on the second floor, so I don't even know how I would do that. I don't even, like, What? Um, they can last without water longer than a camel. They can survive large doses of radiation. They can survive being flushed down the toilet and they can find their way back up your toilet. Um, they can swim for half a mile in open water. Can I swim for half a mile in open water? Damn, I don't know. Probably. I could probably, well, I don't know. If I absolutely had to, isn't that part of the Iron Man that you have to swim a mile? Yeah, so Ratatouille was legit then. (laughs) I wouldn't know. When all of the rats are like swimming in this sewer drain, I'm like, that's, I mean, that's Disney and Pixar taking a big liberty there. You know, they can swim, but they can fucking swim. They can build an immunity to poison and they can eat their own poop for nutrients. Same. Rats. (laughs) (laughs) I was expecting to be like gross, but same. It was funnier than I said game instead of gross. This is like... Put a little ketchup or barbecue sauce on it. This is like when we were at the cabin and I saw all those geese on the lake and I was like, oh, look at them. And you were like, oh, birds. And I was like, dude, they're Canada geese. They're like mean, ugly poop cannons. And you went, same. (laughs) Oh, God. Rats are considered to be the first invasive species inadvertently spread by humans. They apparently originated in tropical Asia, but they had invaded Europe by the first century CE. And they spread around the world, of course, on ships. Yeah, we're looking at you fucking merchants and explorers. <laughs> you assholes. Just another <laughs> you assholes. Reason. You can't just be fine without spices. You can't just give people White smallpox people. and capitalism. You also have to give them rats. Yeah, fuck off. Rats can thrive in almost any region of the world, and it's almost impossible to get them out of somewhere where they're, you know, dug in. They can fit through tiny openings, their hard teeth can gnaw through cinder block and wood and basically any other building materials. They're very clever and trap shy, like it's hard to, like, trick them to get trapped. Also in Ratatouille. (laughs) Rats and mice. (laughs) I've never seen Ratatouille. She could be making up... She could be like, rats also love to go to raves, um, just like in Ratatouille. And I'd be like, okay. There's no raves in Ratatouille. It's a kid's movie. I don't know. I've never this seen it. Rat, the Ratatouille's name is Remy. And that I know. Remy likes to cook. Yeah. That's all. Okay. That's all I knew. And he's like, and he, he his colony, his little group of rat, his rat family lives in this house and he's trying to sneak ingredients <laughs> So he can cook. Uh, so he can cook because he loves it so much. Bless. And he's like a very different rat than his family because his family is just like, just eat whatever. It doesn't matter. We just need to survive. But Remy's like, no, like, you should enjoy what you eat. Remy has a point. He does have a point. And uh, eventually his colony is discovered because someone uh, finds Remy, like, I don't know, digging through the cheeses or whatever, the spice rack in their kitchen. And she starts, like, 
firing a fucking shotgun in her own home. Are you shitting me? No. (laughs) And eventually she shoots so much. I think it's at the ceiling that like a lamp or something falls and it's just like literally just like 200 rats just like come spilling out. Don't worry, they're animated rats. So it's not as terrifying. (laughs) But yeah, that's Red Chewy. Huh. I mean, there's more to it than that, but that's probably all that relates to this episode. The rest is just about him learning how to cook and using a human to cook for him. Well, (laughs) rats and mice are also direct and indirect vectors for a lot of diseases, Mm -hmm. like diseases that they can carry and also diseases that ticks and fleas and mites can carry, including the Black Death, foot and mouth, mites, leptospirosis, which is a blood infection that can lead to kidney failure. Like leprosy? No. It's named after the bacteria that causes it. Okay. Campylobacteriosis, which is similar to dysentery. Hantavirus, which is a lung disease, several different hemorrhagic fevers. Oh God, lymphocytic choriomeningitis, salmonella, a couple types of typhus, Lyme's disease, West Nile, some spotted fevers, and cutaneous leishmaniasis. So you know, healthy, healthy animals. Just yeah, skin and lung and blood eating little monsters. Uh, I feel like a lot of it also comes from rats as harbingers of just bad shit about to happen. Like they're supposed to be like they run away if there's going to be a flood. Or um, it's especially like bad luck if they are fleeing a ship, especially one that's still in port. Um, it reminded me of the rats that scene in 28 Days Later where the car breaks down in that yeah. tunnel and they are like swarmed by rats. And it's apparently because the rats are running away from the infected. Mm-hmm. Um, or that was the Pied Piper. Ye- Wait, that the one with the rats that like follow him around? Yeah, I'm always trying to remember if the Pied Piper is children or rats or snakes. I think St. Patrick is snakes. St. Patrick's is definitely snakes. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. That's children why I got him out of Ireland. Snakes. God, Ellie. I don't do listen. You're fucking Irish. You're more Irish than I am. St. Patrick was not. I Wait. Yeah, St. Patrick was not Irish. So there. He was captured by. He was um, English and he was captured by pirates and taken to Ireland. Ma'am. I'm also English. So this is not a good excuse. Yeah, I was like, okay, but you're English, so. Rat urban legends, or not, I put in all caps, and then also in all caps, (laughs) rat flood, rat flood, rat flood. So apparently this was once thought to be a weird legend, but there is actually a real boom in rat populations that occurs like every 48 or 50 years or so due to the flowering of bamboo plants in the forests of Northeast India. How does this, all right, walk me through it. Like there's just, yeah, the bamboo plants, like there's a lot of flowers and that's what they eat. And so the rat population booms because there's like a huge food source. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's not, it seems like it's not exactly clear what the relationship. There's plenty of eat, there's plenty to eat less food. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I think that's another thing that people don't like about rats is that like one rat couple can produce like hundreds or thousands of pups in a year. Like they're very fertile. Yeah. Nope. That's going to be a no for me, dog. Other rodent urban legends that there are as I've heard two different versions that there are as many rats in New York city as there are people or that there are four rats for every human in New York city. So this either is, of those is terrifying. Either of those is terrifying. They're yeah. probably not true. Rat yeah. populations are hard to count. One 2014 study put the New York city rat population at 2 million, which is gross to think about in the aggregate, but honestly not that bad. How many people live in Chicago for our reference? Chicago proper versus like Chicago land. I feel like Chicago land is like 6 million. The city proper in 2018, 2.7 million. That's terrifying. So there is approximately one rat in New York city for every person that there is in Chicago. I don't like that. Chicago is also often cited as a rat capital. There's some cool, like catch spay neuter release programs though, that take like feral cats and like, build they catch spare neuter and then release them and they build them these like little houses in vacant lots to help them keep the rat population down um tourism and gentrification are risk factors for rat problems because as you like knock down old buildings to build your like boutique cryotherapy slash espresso bar place (laughs) that uh upsets a lot of rodent warrens and tourism of course because like people are throwing away their half-eaten chicago style hot dog or whatever Chicago style hot dogs are gross. Don't at me. Put ketchup on your hot dogs, people. I'm with I'm with her on this one. Huh? I, a bitch does not like mustard. <laughs> I like mustard, but I like it in concept. Like the flavor, <laughs> the flavor of mustard is nice. I just 
I don't know. My partner and I recently got into some beef over how much mustard is too mustard. Too many is too, how much mustard is too much mustard. Yeah. Cause we have four kinds of mustard in our fridge right now. And he was contemplating buying additional mustard. And I was like, what could you possibly need five or more mustards for? So you have like the standard yellow, the Dijon, mm-hmm. French mustard, honey mustard, honey mustard. Yeah. And then he what went to the last one. I forget. Or was it just like another bottle that was brown like or something? Or yeah, yeah, I don't know. But then he went to a party and he was like, settle this for me. We have four kinds of mustard. And Ellie thinks that's too many. And everybody was like, you only have four kinds of mustard. So fucking. Who you only have? What kind of parties are you going to? I don't people know. Like you only have. You only, only have four, four mustards. Muffy, pour us another drink while we discuss the lack of mustard. Make me another mustard teeny while we discuss. <laughs> Fuck up! <laughs> I like po- like powder mustard is good because I like the flavor of like the mustard seeds. Yeah, just I don't know. It's I a don't know. Thing I think the the thing about the tops of soda cans. I remember hearing this that like rats like live in the warehouses where your soda is like stored before it's shipped or whatever. And if they pee or poop and it gets on the top of your soda can, obviously your mouth touches it and you can get some sort of you know horrible one of these horrible diseases. Gross. Yeah. So well, I don't drink a lot of soda, so. I know, but we're drinking beer right now. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, fortunately, <laughs> so like, yes, leptospirosis and Hanta can be contracted from contact with rodent urine or droppings. No, your cousin's landlord's ex-wife did not catch it from drinking Coke. Like all these individual stories of like someone who worked in the, you know, Coke warehouse somewhere got yeah whatever from, yeah, no. no, no, no. The mouse in the dew. This one I had not heard of, but I had to include it. The mouse and the dew. There was this lawsuit. This guy said that he found a mouse in his Mountain Dew. Yes. And (laughs) PepsiCo, like, had experts testify to. And I love this because it is also does not, like, this is not very redeeming. But the expert was like, that can't be true because in the time it would take to pack and ship and purchase the Mountain Dew the mouse would have dissolved into quote, a jelly like substance. Uh, Yeah. This guy apparently produced the dew and the mouse in question. And they looked at like the lot number and the manufacture date, you know, and when he said he bought it. So this guy was like, Oh, he couldn't have found a mouse in his mountain dew. It would have dissolved by now. And it's like, this makes me, this does not exonerate you mountain dew. That's fucking gross. Yeah. I'm like, I'm putting something in my body that would like dissolve a living creature. Yes. In, I don't know, 10 days. Uh, yeah. Let's D- just say. Ask any dentist and they will tell you that they can tell Mountain Dew damage to your teeth from like other types of soda and teeth damage. I used to love Mountain Dew. I have never liked Mountain in Dew. In high school, I was like obsessed with it. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't as obsessed as like the creepy gamer guys. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. But like. <laughs> But, like, that was, like, the only soda I would drink for a while. And whenever it was on sale, like, those little, like, mini tiny cans, mm-hmm. whenever it was on sale, my mom would buy it for me for my lunches. But I don't think I had as much Mountain Dew as, like, you know, some people. Some people we could name. <laughs> um, the expert also pointed out that the Mountain Dew had been canned and sealed so long ago that the mouse the guy produced would could not have been born by the time, right? So, like, this was a young enough mouse that he's, like based on the lot date and the manufacture date of this dude, this mouse could not have been, this mouse was born sometime after this Mountain so Dew was canned. I was just trying to like get a lawsuit out of, that he like procured a mouse for and shoved it in this Mountain Dew yeah. uh, container. Hork, gross. Bottle? Can, I think, I think it was a can. I don't know. How would you even fit? I tried not to think about the mechanics. Yeah, of that's the, fair. The Let's mouse not. and the dude too hard. We're gonna nope. We're gonna move on to our own creepy critter encounters. I'm so ready. I don't have as many as she does. <laughs> it should be known though that both of us had rodent pets. Because I used to have gerbils. That's true. And then Ellie had, they had babies. Your science teacher told you that those were both girl gerbils. And then you woke up one morning and there were seven additional gerbils. Yeah, in spoiler the- alert, they weren't. You can't, it's like nearly impossible to, to sex a rodent yeah. that small. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so Ellie took some of those. I also had a, a hamster named Brownie. Mm-hmm. My mom hated, hated rodents with a fiery passion <laughs> but she loved the shit out of those gerbils man That's cute it was so fucking cute i love how my dad gave them because the parent gerbils were named mango and papaya yes and so yes, then we named i had one gerbil named kiwi 
And then my dad named one of them zucchini. Scout. There's one named Scout. I, yeah, I had kiwi like, and Scout. He and kept like perking up on his hind legs. Yeah, and you had zucchini and a couple other ones. Because I think only four of them made it. So you kept papaya and mango and zucchini and the other baby. Yeah, I can't remember his name. So yeah, disclaimer, we have had and enjoyed rodents. Um, you yeah, know, that are in just, our house on purpose. We're not just, hating we're not just haters. I used to babysit the class pet, guinea pig or rat or whatever was around. Cause I always wanted a pet and my parents never let me get a pet until like middle school. And they were like, you can have a hamster and a goldfish and that's it. My friend Barb, shout out to Barb if you're listening, has two <laughs> lovely guinea pigs and they're so cute. Mm-hmm. They're very sweet. Guinea pigs can be so sweet or they can be complete little shits. They're not complete little shits. <laughs> They'll like sit in her lap. Yeah, they'll like if you they'll get like cuddle with her. They'll watch so TV cute. with you. Yeah, yeah. It's so cute. My parents used to watch TV with my hamster. So, but when I was in college, so this is senior, yes, senior year of college, and I had two roommates. Um, <laughs> oh my god, they were roommates. Oh my god, you remember this roommate? One of them had a pet rabbit that she insisted was litter trained. Spoiler alert: it was not. Anyway, we're gonna call them Marcy and Tom. Good. <laughs> These roommates. We figured out that there was a mouse that lived primarily under our kitchen sink. And then it's like summer home where it would, you know, spend its evenings <laughs> and weekends. So summer summer? Yeah. <laughs> this mouse would uh, occasionally go on vacation to the inside of Tom's computer, like the CPU, like the tower, because it was nice and warm in there. And Tom being like a 22, 23 year old dude just had a mattress on the floor And so, of course, he was worried that this mouse was going to, like, come chew his eyeballs out or whatever if it was spending the night in his computer. But Marcy insisted that we not kill this mouse. Tom and I named it. This was when Dead Mouse was, like, recently a thing. So we named this mouse Dick Mouse. And in our conversations about this mouse, we did spell it D-I-C-K-M-A-U-5. Naturally. Natch. So um, we put out a live trap with peanut butter. And there was a park a few blocks down the street. So I was going to be content to capture Dick Mouse in a live trap and release him in a park. And then one day, Tom and I were sitting, this is like a railroad style apartment. So we're at the front of the apartment in the living room. And from the back of the apartment, we hear what sounds like a plastic shopping bag rustling. And so we think maybe Marcy has come back from CVS. And we're like, hey, is that you? Are you back from CVS? Like, how's your day? What's up? We're in the living room. And she didn't answer. Oh, no. And we heard wrestling again. We were like, hey, Marcy, did you just go to CVS? Did you pick up any, like, paper towels or whatever? No answer. And we immediately turn and look at each other and go, dick mouse. And we are go flying to the back of the apartment, to the kitchen. And there is, we, like, look around and there's nobody in there. Now, Marcy has a multi-pack of, like, um, those, like, Maruchan instant lunch ramen things. And it's like the multi-pack so that they're all like in an individual plastic envelope instead of the styrofoam cup. Yeah. So Tom points to the basement stairs and he's like, dude. And I turn and I like a cartoon character. go, (gasps) There is a huge rat, the biggest rat I've seen in my entire life, carrying an entire packet of instant lunch, dragging it down (laughs) the basement steps. (laughs) And as I go, the rat turns to me, abandons the instant lunch and just jumps over the side of the basement steps and vanishes into the darkness of our creepy basement. Ah! Ah! So I'm immediately like, fuck Marcy. I don't care what she cares. What she says about like live trapping this mouse. Everybody is going to die. Now we're going into CVS and getting some rat poison. So we got some rat poison and like, they're pretty hefty trays of these like poison pellets. And we put one out right under the basement stairs where the rat, who we named Rat Bastard, mm-hmm. had disappeared into the darkness. And like a couple of days later, we saw that the tray had been dragged over to a hole in the wall and completely emptied. And we never saw any of our rodent friends again. Well, yep. it did its job, I guess. That was Dick Mouse and Rat Bastard. My junior year, we <laughs> also had a mouse that lived in one of the cutlery drawers in our kitchen. And I moved in. I was a subletter. And this apartment, I loved living there, but it was also kind of a hot mess. And I was like, they were like, yeah, this mouse lives in this one cutlery drawer, but it doesn't bother us. So we haven't done anything about it. And I was like, okay, I mean, I guess the mouse was here before me. So whatever. And I never saw it. So one night I made pancakes. I did breakfast for dinner and I was going to eat half of my pancakes for dinner and then half for breakfast the next morning. So I'm in the dining room eating half my pancakes. The other half of the pancakes are in the kitchen out to cool. And then I go to put the other half away and I see a mouse scurrying away from my pancakes. And I'm like, oh, bitch. So I immediately think this mouse must have been going for the pancakes. And then I 
you know, interrupted it and it ran back to the cutlery drawer. So, but just to be safe, I super duper checked the pancakes over for footprints, for like little gnaw marks. I really want to make sure that I apprehended this mouse before it had gnawed on my pancakes and not after. The pancakes are completely pristine. I put them in the fridge. Next morning, fucking somehow, I'm halfway through the pancakes and I find a mouse turd inside one of the pancakes. Ah! Yeah. No, we screamed, but I'll I'll fix it in post. But <laughs> not to sound like the biggest douchebag, no. but I'll know. I will sound like the biggest douchebag. That sounds fucking nope. Yeah. And then recently, so I was like, I have seen rats in Chicago just like outside. I feel like they're smaller than Minneapolis rats. And I don't know why that would be. Maybe if you maybe only the biggest, toughest rats can survive a Minneapolis winter, which lasts for like eight months. Or maybe approximately, or maybe like Chicago is a bigger, denser city and there's more competition for resources. So no one rat can get very big. I don't know. know, But the rat who stole that packet of instant lunch was like the size of my fucking forearm. And then recently I walked into my kitchen and I saw that the blinds over the kitchen window were like flapping, but like not in the breeze. Like obviously something was between the blinds and the window, like agitating them. Yeah. And I was like, did one of my dumbass little cats, like get stuck between yeah. the blinds and the window and is now flipping out. And so I raise the blinds and there is a the butt of a rat and it's little hind feeties, like frantically paddling at the air, scrambling to get out through a hole in my kitchen window screen. No. And I freaked out. I was so upset. I've never seen a rat in my, I've never been in a dwelling that had a rodent problem since I yeah. moved down to Chicago. But this fucking rat butt was sticking out of my kitchen window as it tried to get away. I figured out I was out on my back porch on Tuesday because it was nice out Mm -hmm. and I saw it in my backyard and it disappeared into this hole in the ground near like a slab of concrete, like some, some garden paver type thing. And I was like, I know where you live. Fuck that right up. I think it smelled my cats and that's why it freaked out and was trying to flee when I, when I saw it. Fuck off rat. So similarly, when my parents moved in together after they got married in like our first like starter place, um, they got a place like in front of a retention pond and it was like this big field. So like lots of little critters just like lived in that field. Mm-hmm. So they got a mouse in their house, <laughs> um, probably because it was, you know, cold outside. So this mouse is like wreaking havoc in this kitchen and my mom worked in food service and yep. like did manage kitchens basically and like prided herself on only getting like minus two points or like, you know, like getting like one deduction or something on inspection on yeah. inspections. And so the fact that we had a mouse in our kitchen would not stand <laughs> personal nightmare. She was like, oh, hell no. My mom also <laughs> does not like rodents at all. But anyway, so they're trying to find this mouse and um, they're literally hitting it with a broom like you do in a fucking (laughs) TV show. My mom like tries to hit it with a broom and is on top of, she is on top of a chair because she, see above, (laughs) is terrified of mice. And so my, uh, my dad thinks this whole thing is hilarious. Oh yeah. Because this, this tiny mouse is causing you so much dread that you're on top of this chair, like <laughs> flailing at it with a broom. <laughs> and he's like trying to figure out sort of like, Oh, okay. Like where did it get in? Like, you know, typical dad, you know, problem stuff. solving mode. Yeah. yeah. And so well, this mouse is terrorizing his wife. <laughs> so he's like, so he decides he's going to play a trick on my mom because he has a death wish in this situation, <laughs> apparently. Like, this was obviously very early in their marriage <laughs> yes. before he had learned. <laughs> so he he goes, he goes, oh, oh my gosh, it's like right over there. He's like, don't worry, I got it, I got it, I got it. He goes over there. It's like, and my mom looks and she's like, wait, where? And she like looks and then my dad like kind of throws his voice and was like, hi, Chris. And like a big squeaky like mouse <laughs> voice. And my mom goes, <laughs> like, like which doesn't make any sense like dress. the mouth like the mouse really didn't talk to her <laughs> and like knew her name <laughs> she was like ah! and like that was probably one of the best pranks that my dad <laughs> pulled on my mom ever so in their dumb. 30 years of marriage it. yeah it was so dumb but she was just so scared that it like still startled her <laughs> even though it made no sense when she was looking back on it and telling the story but yeah, that was their, uh, I guess, 
started the marriage mouse story. <laughs> my so when we lived in the Chicago suburbs, our kitchen went out onto like a back deck. It was like a split level, mm-hmm. and my mom would be in the kitchen cooking, and I would be in the dining room, which was adjacent, like just sitting on the rug playing or whatever, watching her cook or talking to her. And there was a little gap between the fridge and the exterior wall where we kept like the broom and like paper shopping bags that we wanted to reuse and just kind of whatever. And one time she was getting out the broom, I think. And of course, a bunch of paper shopping bags fell out along with a dead crow. No. And my mom is freaked out by Corvids generally. She's wrong about this because I love them. One time I just picked up a dead bird. When I was a kid. Ah! You know how you're a kid and you just touch everything? You just touch stuff. You don't know the rules about touching stuff. I just like picked stuff. it up and had ants crawling all over it. And I just like picked it up and looked at it. And my preschool teacher was like, what are you doing? You psycho. <laughs> yeah. So this dead crow just comes <clears throat> flopping out onto the kitchen floor. And my mom is losing her shit. And I apparently, I don't remember this, but I apparently started cracking the hell up. Because when you're a little kid, nothing is funnier than an adult yeah. being like upset. Yep about something or like grossed out about something mm-hmm. and she was like oh ooh, 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 and she's like sweeping it out the back door like ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> on another occasion i've told people this story people have tried to debunk this story and i don't know what to t- fucking tell you people but another time my mom was opening the dish i was again sitting in the um uh, in the dining room watching my mom just like putter around in the kitchen my mom opens the dishwasher to unload it Mm-hmm. And a live crow hops out of the dishwasher into Casual. the middle of the kitchen. Casual. And my mom is like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And again, I find this hilarious. I don't know. Like, what do you do in that situation? If, well, like, a live bird is just Fortunately, the, the crow took charge of the situation <laughs> and hopped <laughs> to the back door. Right? Corvids are really, they're scary smart. So the crow hops to the back door, looks at the door, looks at my mom, <laughs> looks at the door. Looks at my mom, like, make with the thumbs and the opening of the weird human portal that you use to go in and outside, please. And my mom just opens the door and the crow just hops out and flies away. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, it had done this to six other homes on the block. Yeah, the crow is like, this dishwasher passes inspection, please let me out now. (laughs) My mom has another crow story. I wish there were so many crows. We had a lot of crows in our yard when we lived in Glendale Heights. I guess one time there was an injured crow in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about corvids, they will like, I don't know. It's weird. They do these weird rituals where they like caw at other crows. There's a whole thing in the Sandman series of comics about like, are they putting the other crow on trial or whatever? But all of these crows are up in the tree freaking out because of this injured crow. And my mom keeps trying to go out to the injured crow and, you know, and put it in a box and like take it to animal control or Mm. something. And the crows keep, like, fucking screaming at her and, like, starting to hop closer down the branches to her. And she gets freaked out. Crows freak me out, man. So she calls the police non-emergency line and is like, can you send, like, an animal control officer out here to come rescue this injured crow? And so they just send out a fucking beat cop. And (laughs) he comes out and, like, sees what the problem is. So he decides he's going to try and get this crow into the box. But then he gets freaked out by the crows. Like, obviously the crows are upset because they don't know if my mom and the cop are going to hurt their friend or what. Mm -hmm. And so this cop asks my mom to be his backup and to get out the garden hose (laughs) and like cover his back with the garden hose (laughs) (laughs) and hose down any crows that try and attack him. And I think they successfully got the injured crow. But my mom was like, you come out here with a badge and a fucking gun and me and my fucking garden hose are going to keep you safe from a bunch of birds. Birds? <laughs> and then my parents had, so one time when I was, this, I must have been in like late elementary school, early middle school, because this was still when I was getting up on the weekends before my parents, I would get up and go downstairs and watch cartoons. My parents would sleep in. So I'm watching cartoons and uh, we have this big fireplace in our family room next to the widescreen TV. So I'm watching cartoons and I hear a sound just kind of like dirt sifting or falling. It looks like some ashes has just like gotten knocked loose and tumbled down the chimney into the fireplace. So I'm like, Oh, that's odd. Must've been the wind or whatever. And then I hear the sound again, but with a teeny little thump after it. And I'm like, excuse me? And so I cautiously approach the glass doors of the fireplace. 
and there is an extremely confused and dusty squirrel blinking at me from inside the fireplace. (laughs) Obviously, the fireplace is unlit. But being like 12, this is extremely interesting to me and must be addressed immediately. So I go flying upstairs and wake up my parents and I go, you guys, there's a squirrel in the fireplace. Like, I think it just fell out of the chimney. There's a squirrel in the fireplace. And my parents are like, this is not funny. We're trying to sleep. And I'm like, okay, but there's a squirrel in the fireplace and I'm like, not fucking with you. So they come downstairs in their bathrobes and my dad is like, sure enough, there's a fucking squirrel in the fireplace. So he gets a box. I don't know why, you know, my dad would have been in his late forties at this time, early fifties. And he did not think of this, but I, the child thought of this (laughs) being an only child though. Like, you know, you just kind of have to listen to your parents and let them fuck everything up because they're not going to listen to you. And so this box is shorter than the height of the fireplace doors. So I know that as soon as we crack open the fireplace doors, the squirrel is going to jump over the box and go ape shit in our little house. So of course this happens. My dad puts this box, positions the open box carefully in front of the fireplace, cracks open the fireplace doors. Immediately the squirrel comes rocketing out, ricochets off of my dad's shoulder, leaving silly little squirrel footprints on his white bathrobe. And goes near home into the middle distance and just completely vanishes inside our house. And I'm like, um. So then we, we, we all run away from the fireplace to try and listen to where the squirrel has gotten to. And we hear a bunch of like crashing and shattering and clanking and bonking from my bathroom. Mm-hmm. Because I think, because there's a big window in that room. And I think it must have seen the sunlight coming from that window and thought that that was the way out. Yeah. So my dad is like, I'll go try and catch it and like close the doors and like see if we can flush it out. So he's like, find a way to block off. Cause right. There's a front staircase, like the staircase that the squirrel had to go up to leads right to the front door. But there's obviously a gap. Like you come in the front door and you can go to the left or the right of the staircase. So my dad is like block off like all other ways from the staircase that aren't like straight out the front door. So my mom and I are like, um, and we grab a couple of kitchen chairs and turn them sideways, like next to the staircase so that the out the front door is the most direct path for this squirrel to take. We continue to hear like clattering and bonking and slamming because my dad is closing the doors to all the other rooms upstairs. And then there's dead silence for a while. And I'm like, did the squirrel win? And my dad is like, here he comes. And (laughs) the squirrel just casually strolls down the staircase, looks at me for a second, like, oh, hey, and then runs out the front door. Then another time. Why didn't you guys just open the sliding door next to the fireplace? I don't know. I think my dad thought that he was going to catch it in this box and then let it out that door. He didn't anticipate it blinging over the box and just going upstairs. Then another time, I think I might've been in college this time. My mom is on the phone with my grandma, her mom. And can you imagine poor Graham was probably freaking the fuck out because my mom goes, hang on. I just heard a weird noise. I got to go check it out. And then there's like silence for like a few seconds as my mom goes over to check it out. And then my mom lets out a blood curdling fucking scream. And my grandma is like counting down. Like my mom has like 10 seconds to come back and explain herself before my grandma sends in like the police and the firemen and the national guard to investigate why her daughter just dropped the phone and screamed. And my mom comes to the phone and just goes, squirrel, 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 and hangs up. And my grandma's like, okay. And then (laughs) she calls my dad at work and my dad, you know, like professionally answers the phone because he's at work. And my mom just goes, squirrel, 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 and hangs up. And my dad has to go in and explain to his boss that he has to go home because his wife called him in a panic because there's a squirrel loose in the house. (laughs) Fortunately, he's been working there a very long time. So they're just like, fine. So the squirrel this time, because again, my mom was a dumbass and opened the fireplace. Sorry, mom. But why did we not learn this lesson the first time around? (laughs) If there's a mysterious noise coming from the fireplace, do not just open the fucking fireplace. And uh, so the squirrel this time goes into the living room because that window faces south. So for most of the day, that's the brightest room in the house. And the squirrel is like clinging to the living room curtains right next to my mom's beautiful, expensive wedding portrait on the wall. Oh, no. And my mom is like so worried that the squirrel is going to go rocketing across the surface of her wedding portrait and shred it up with its little squirrely toes. And she's like trying to talk the squirrel down. She's like approaching the curtains going, nice squirrel pretty squirrel it's okay little squirrel buddy you're just gonna go back outside you're not gonna ruin my wedding portrait nice little squirrel and yeah eventually she and my dad coaxed it outside so then again i'm still in college i tell my friends this story while we're like just staying up late chatting 
And I tell them both of these squirrel stories. And the next morning I call my parents to catch up with them. And they tell me that they have had a third squirrel incident the same night that I was telling my friends with the other two squirrel incidents. So after that, they had their roof done while I redone while I was in college. And they put some sort of like anti-squirrel cap on the chimneys that you could still have fires, but like critters couldn't get into the chimney. Smart. Yeah. Smart of you. Yeah. So our, we never had a squirrel directly in the house, but my uh, first home when I was a kid, my parents only moved mine once. So we lived in this duplex and um, above the garage, there were like slots of like, I don't know. It's like a circle that looked like a vent. Okay. I don't know if it was functionality to that or if it was there for decoration or what, but squirrels used to love that vent and they used to love like building nests in it Mm -hmm. and just chilling there. Since the creepy mouse incident had also occurred in this house, (laughs) my mom was like, those squirrels cannot be that close to being inside of our house. They need no. to they need to live someplace. They gotta else. go. Yeah. Uh either the squirrels go or I go. That's <laughs> how I imagine this argument taking place. So we had uh you know a pest control guy come out and you know he took the nest down and um that was that. And we didn't have any problems with this with the squirrels for quite a while until one day my dad tries to start his car and it doesn't start. And this car, how old are you in a sentence? This car was a Chevy Corsica. That's how old I am in a sentence. Um, and it was maroon mm-hmm. with maroon interior. Ah. So, yeah. Um, but his car won't start. And he's trying. I don't think he was trying to go to work because I thought this was during the day that this happened. Because my mom's car was gone. So he was stuck. Um, but anyway. He can't start his car. And he's like, that's weird. It literally just worked yesterday. <laughs> and typically when you have a car malfunction like that, there have been signs to the point yeah. that it won't start, right? Like you're like, oh no, the engine fell out on 55 or whatever. It's probably not going to work. So my dad knows zero things about cars. I know. I was like, what? my dad also knows zero things about fixing anything. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell does my dad, dad need to do in this situation? If you want to write a report about the civil war, talk to my dad. <laughs> if you want to know which one's the engine and which one's the radiator, talk, talk to, to Ellie's dad. Yeah, talk, talk to, to my anyone dad. else. Talk to my <laughs> Literally dad. Literally anyone else. If you um, want to know the absolute best way to change a tire, including like the optimal neck angle under which you should be under the car, <laughs> like if you want extreme detail on how to do any car thing, the day my dad discovered YouTube tutorials for car fixing stuff, oh no, I was like, here I thought, you know, always hope that my parents would die peacefully in their sleep, but my dad is going to die in some sort of YouTube tutorial inspired ca- car related conflagration <laughs> now that he thinks he can do goddamn anything he wants to his car if he just finds it on YouTube. <laughs> Okay, anyway, (laughs) we're going to unpack that later after we're done recording. But anyway, so my dad, you know, knowing, and my dad acknowledges this. He will tell Mm -hmm. you he knows this much about cars. My granddad was the same way. And being handy and whatever. So, you know the... (laughs) You know how some Ikea manuals have, like, one person doing a thumbs up and then they have, like, and some things are too uh, hard to put together with just one person. Mm-hmm. So they have like a sad person like shrugging. Yeah. And then, and then they have like two people like thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah. You know, like that. <laughs> yeah. My dad is the one person <laughs> on that Kia thing <laughs> shrugging that needs somebody else, <laughs> somebody else <laughs> to come rescue him. So, but usually, but this time he knew what was happening immediately. So my dad pops the hood. There are wires that have been chewed. <sighs> In his car. Asshole. So, like, the ignition isn't working. Why do animals chew wires? I don't know. There's no value. It, I don't know. You can't sell the copper for scrap because you don't need This money. is a couple, a day or two after we had removed this squirrel nest from the, uh, oh, so the this garage. was a revenge hit. It was hit. a revenge hit. <laughs> the car, then the my car. dad finds what looks like is starting to be a nest in the car. Oh, shit. So, these squirrels... 
were like mobster squirrels. <laughs> they went, fuck you. And they built a fucking nest in his car. And I was like, he's like, they didn't just choose for the brake lines or something. I know. He's well, yeah, really at least they chewed. Right. You're right. I hadn't thought of that until now, but at least they chewed something that made the car completely unusable <laughs> instead of like just chewing the brakes. <laughs> So that's our squirrel story of like the terrors that, and then they like started building things about the garage again. And my dad was like, I'm just going to leave it. They can just have it. Yeah. He's like, I don't want, as long as they're not fucking with my car, they can, whatever. It's fine. We never had, I thought only people in like cartoons had mice in their houses because we never had any problems with pests really in central Wisconsin when I was growing up, Um, except obviously the occasional squirrel in the fireplace. Fortunately, yeah. the fireplace was unlit every single time this happened. Can you imagine? Anyway, mm-hmm. so... Um, that would be really smelly. Yeah. But my parents started having mice in the basement in, in the garage after I left home. Mm-hmm. And they had a exterminator come and set out a bunch of snap traps um, in the basement where the mice were coming from. And then my parents didn't see any mice anymore and they kind of forgot all about it and fell out of the habit of checking the traps. Sure. <laughs> then my mom is down in the basement. She has her like spare room with all of her scrapbooking stuff so my mom was in the basement scrapbooking and the dog keeps like such a pure midwestern science yeah to say. exploring the dog keeps exploring every last corner of the basement my parents have a fluffy little bichon poodle mix um she's so cute yeah she weighs like nine pounds she's like very small we should post a picture of her with yes. this instagram uh post to this episode she's gonna be 11 next month oh my god she's still zooming around like a puppy oh my god i love her i love her she's a little yeah shit. if you and bichons and poodles were bred to like do this behavior poodles especially yeah, yeah. and uh so but she keeps exploring every last corner of the basement i was like why is the dog so fucking squirrely today whatever she keeps scrapbooking Finally, she gets up from her scrapbooking table to see that the dog yeah. has pulled snap traps with dead mice in them from every single corner of the basement where the exterminator left them and has brought them into the middle of the room to proudly show them off to my mom. Oh, no. <laughs> I <laughs> forgot about this story yes. for some reason. <laughs> when you wrote it in the notes, I was like, what? I wrote Annie's horrid little collection <laughs> of dead mice. <laughs> uh, my mom, right, like she was a nurse, but she's still pretty grossed out by these like half smushed, yeah, like decomposing that's mice. Fair. Like her dog. And like a collection of them, like not just one. Yes. And yeah. he's like, look what I found. And I was like, ah! <laughs> and he's like, look, Merry look, Christmas, look, look, human. Look. <laughs> I brought dinner. Yeah. And I was like, ah! so she's like, she like gets a trash bag and she's dropping all these, just the trap and the mouse together. She's not. Yeah. I. That's what I would yeah. fucking do. No, she's just really like, my parents. I love it because they live in the middle of nowhere and they're just Midwestern boomers and they don't drink and they like don't go to like concerts or ride motorcycles or anything like that like some of their friends do. So all of their stories are just very extremely like slice of life, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even, wholesome. Yeah. So it's usually that kind of stuff or the time that my mom, I wrote this really nice uh, birthday card for my dad that said like, you're the smartest man I know. I love you so much. And my mom <laughs> called me up just one day out of the blue. And she's like, so the smartest man, you know, accidentally ate a dog treat today. Cause he thought it was a Teddy Graham. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Yeah. This That's is so the funny. news from central Wisconsin. <laughs> this is the prairie home companionship <laughs> that I always expect from them. The prairie home companionship. Oh my God. Now we should talk about Stuart Little. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. So <laughs> we're gonna do an episode about the Amityville Horror. That's gonna be our next movie episode. And <laughs> Abby said that Ashton Kutcher was in it and she was wrong. It's I was Ryan wrong. Reynolds. It was our it was our Patreon episode. So the one person that heard it, Sunny, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we I miss I misspoke. <laughs> It was not Ashton Kutcher. It was Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. I don't know what movie I was thinking of with Ashton Kutcher. Maybe The Butterfly Effect. I don't know. Yeah, it came maybe. out around the same time. Maybe. I don't know. Which remind, yeah, which reminded us of the time we were talking about. And we're talking about rodents now. Why so. were we talking about Stuart Little? We were because road we were home from <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> yes. And he was driving. Okay. So if you've seen Stuart Little, unlike Ellie, who knows zero <laughs> about <laughs> it, as we find out later. Um, if you've seen Stuart Little, the scene where Stuart is driving this red car, like the sports car, yes, is what this guy, this guy like looks like fucking Stuart Little yeah. in this red, like, speedster. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh, he wants to be Stuart Little, is what I said, because I'm an asshole. <laughs> and I will call everyone out on their bullshit from the safety of my own car. And then I was like, a little mouse that drives a car. I was like, I would want Stuart Little to be my pet mouse. And Abby's like, that's fucked up. He's not their pet mouse. He's their brother. They got him at an orphanage. No, 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 no. You were like. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean he's a, he's their brother? I was like, was he a mouse the whole time? Because I'm thinking like maybe he turned into a mouse going through the movie. And Abby goes, yeah, they got him at an orphanage. I'm like, what the fuck was he doing at an orphanage? He should have been at a pet store. He's a mouse. But the Christ is going on. And then, and then she was like, she was like, how long has it been since you like read the book? And I was like, it was a book? Yeah, because, well, first I was like, you've never seen that movie? And she was like, no, I've never seen that movie. And I was like, okay, so how long has it been since you read the book? Because Ellie reads like omnivorously. Yeah. And she was just like, it's a book? It's like, what the hell? I was like, who are you? <laughs> and then like months later, we were talking about this and laughing. And I was like, listen, I didn't know it was a book. All I knew is that it was a movie about a mouse who drives a car and the mouse is voiced by Matthew Broderick. And Abby goes, I thought it was Michael J. Fox. I'm like, fuck, not again. I should just stop trying to say things about you. Stuart Little. And we looked it up. It is Michael J. Fox. <laughs> oh, I was right, on God. point with all my Stuart Little trivia, y'all. Oh, Fucking Dr. House is in that movie. Hugh and Laurie's Gina, yeah, Hugh Laurie is the dad, and it's um the mom is Gina, Gina Davis, Davis, I think, and the cat is voiced by Nathan Lane. Yes, so See, that's, that's what I gave you. Matthew that's what Broderick I gave to you. I was like, well, you know, Matthew Broderick's not in it, but Nathan, Nathan Lane, Lane is. is the evil cat that wants to eat Stuart. Yes, yeah. that must be where I got it from. Okay, last story. <laughs> this is so that's how Ellie knows zero about Stuart, Stuart Little. Attack I may know. Her for it. I may know a lot of rat facts, but I don't know shit about fuck when it comes to Stuart Little mm -hmm. um okay so this last story this was my parents this is one of my favorite anecdotes my parents have ever told me and as I mentioned I'm an only child we're both only children so we have heard all of our parents anecdotes because we're a captive audience um <laughs> some of us have heard the same anecdotes multiple times especially now that our dads are middle-aged yeah looking at you dad <laughs> thank you oh man yes dad I've heard about the dumb blonde and the alligator shoes thank you so my parents were, my parents grew up and they met and fell in love in central Wisconsin and they missed all the fall colors of central Wisconsin when they were living in Dallas, um, which they had moved down there to be close to my mom's parents. And someone had told them that if you go out to kind of East Texas, there are like pretty deciduous trees with like pretty fall colors, you know, not exactly central Wisconsin, but if you miss the fall colors, that's a good place to go. So my parents like went to this campground where you can like rent a cabin for the weekend and they're having a great time. And then in the middle of the night, you know that thing where you like are startled awake because you heard a noise, but you're not sure if it was from the dream or from something in real life? Nothing has ever startled me awake. <laughs> so my dad. <laughs> for like an alarm clock, maybe. My dad is startled awake because he hears like a shrieking sound. <laughs> and he's not sure if it was from the dream, a dream, or from real life. This mm -hmm. shrieking sound he heard. And so he's he's like awake. And he looks over at my mom to see if she's still asleep. Yeah. And she's awake and she goes, I heard it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, that's terrifying. Shit. Yeah. This is how a horror movie starts. And then they hear what sounds like the- Wait, were you, a were you in college at this time? No, this is before I was born, actually. Oh, okay. Sorry, I missed that part. And um, yeah, this was when- this is my, my parents lived in Dallas. They were married for like, I think- seven years in Dallas before I was born. That's right. I forget that they waited a bit before they- Anyway, um, so they hear what sounds like floorboards creaking from the next room. Oh, no. And they're like, fuck, did someone break into this fucking cabin in the woods that yep. we're renting in East Texas in like rural East Texas? Mm -hmm. So my dad gets he goes to the closet and he gets like the, you know, the bar that you like hang your clothes from. He gets it out of the closet Smart. and is like wielding it. And they, yeah, what else do you have? I mean, yeah, they got each, like a pocket knife. They each like go to the army knife to them. one side of the bedroom door. And my dad mouths to my mom on three and he opens his mouth and pops his ears so that his hearing will be sharper and he can hear wherever this person is. Yeah. And when he does that, my mom can hear his heart hammering in his throat. Yeah, I'm sure he was terrified. And he starts to count down. My mom is like, no, no, no. Like, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> She's like, put it down. She's like, we're just going to go out the bedroom window. So my parents decide that my, my dad thinks that he saw like a payphone at the entrance to the campgrounds, uh -huh. but it's going to take a while to get there, obviously. And my, so they decide that my mom is going to run to the next cabin because mm -hmm. theirs doesn't have the, a phone, but some of the people, some of the people like own those cabins and that's like their cabin. They're not all rentable cabins. 
So they decide my mom is going to run to the next cabin and see if there's a phone. My dad is going to get in the car and drive to the end of the campground and see if he can find a phone. So they crawl out the bedroom window. My mom first so that she can shine the flashlight back at my dad and like light his way to the car. Of course, this is from my parents' versions of the story diverge. And my mom insists that she shined with laser precision, a path clearly from the window to the car. And my dad is like, so your mother was waving the flashlight all around. So whoever was inside the cabin could see it. And she's like, I was not anyway. So my dad gets to the car and my mom runs to the next cabin. Somehow they call the police. So the police come back and of course they're locked out of the cabin um, cause they remembered locking the door, but the window was open. So the police, my mom was like, now the police come walking with their muddy boots across our nice clean bed. Cause we had to go back in the bedroom window and they t- search the cabin and there's nobody in there. And they're like, so you, you said that you heard like a shrieking sound and then some like footsteps or something. And my dad is like, yeah. And then they hear this weird piercing shriek again. It's the fucking smoke detector and it's batteries are dying. Well. So they're like, oh, well, now we feel silly. And there's nobody there. So so the cops leave. Oh, I forgot to mention, as my mom is running to the next cabin, she keeps hearing footsteps in the woods behind her. Well, that's creepy. And she's got this flashlight. And she keeps whipping around and shining the flashlight straight behind her. And there's nobody there. Of course. Yeah. So every few paces, you know, she tries to stop and it'll stop when she stops. You know, she whips around, shines the flashlight. There's nobody there. So there's obviously nobody in the cabin. The cops leave and my parents are like, I don't know who was what. It sounded like there was somebody walking around though, but the door was locked, you know, and the police had to go in through the window and there was nobody in there. No sign of a forced entry or anything, but like who was walking around and who was following my mom through the woods when she was running for help. So they're like, whatever. And they pass an uneasy night uh, in this cabin. And then early in the morning, they're, on like the front porch of the cabin eating breakfast. And they, my mom hears the same footsteps that she heard behind her in the woods. And a fucking St. Bernard emerges from the woods oh my God. <laughs> onto the porch to join them. And she's like, Oh my God. Cause she, every time she whipped around and shown the flashlight, obviously she was shining it at like human face level. So she didn't see anybody. Yeah. Cause it's a fucking dog. Oh. And then they realized that like the tapping and groaning of the floorboards was just the dog from last night. Like, being up on the porch and trying to sniff and see if it could come inside and say hi. Oh, the doggo. <laughs> big doggo. Huge dog. Yeah, of course. If you heard like the creaking of floorboards under a St. Bernard, you're going to be like, that could totally be a person. Yeah, if it were in Chihuahua, I'd be like, a rat. No. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, St. Bernard, I would be like, that is. A, a skinny That's murderer. That's a murderer. Yeah, a skinny murderer is trying <laughs> to attack you. Well, if you have a creepy critter story that you would like to share with us, hit us up on Gmail at podcastqueersforfears at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you can do so at Queers for Fears Podcast or Twitter Queers Fears Pod or Patreon and Anchor Queers for Fears. Hell yeah. Join our Patreon. Patreon. Join our Patreon. Give us a dollar. Join our Patreon, and you can get exclusive bonus con- uh, content that I think you will all enjoy if you're enjoying this podcast. Yes. We would enjoy it if you also just told your friends about our podcast. Oh, yeah. Or give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Those are both free. You we- can do that whenever you want. Yeah. What Do you have anything better to do? We're all fucking on lockdown, man. Yeah, you have nothing better to do. So we're <laughs> taking full advantage of this. You better believe it. We're capitalizing <laughs> on it. And we have nothing better to do than read your extremely witty and kind reviews, of which we have gotten like three, and I love them all. So excited. They're so sweet. They're, yeah. so, they're so cute. Anyway, thank you for listening, and I hope that everyone stays queer. Bye. Bye. Look out for squirrels in the <laughs> fireplace. <laughs>